Hello! Today is already June, June the 1st, and uh, we're going to have a conversation with two English 7 students, and we're going to be talking about inequalities. The topic of the course that we are covering now is sustainability, and we are addressing the sustainable development um, goals from the United Nations, and we chose to have a conversation about how COVID in Chile has made very visible and very obvious the inequalities that we have. So I hope you enjoy the session. Okay, and we are recording and welcome. Today we're going to have a, a podcast where we're going to be discussing uh, inequalities, uh, one of the sustainable development goals um, and how it um, it has been more, let's say, pervasive or more visible in the case of um, coronavirus. How coronavirus has um, shown how we live in an unequal world. So we are going to be uh, having this conversation with Andrea and Francisca, um, two future teachers um, in their fourth year, yes? Yes, or third year, fourth year, right? Um, who have been reading some uh, material related to this. And of course, living in Chile, they have um, lots to tell. So hi, Francisca, and hi, Andrea. Um, I want to start by asking you um, from your examples, examples that you could give, how has inequality uh, contributed to an increasing numbers of COVID cases in Chile? Yesterday, we already have more than 100,000 cases and um, more than 1,000 deaths. So, Andrea, would you like to share? Well, to start, I think that one of the major problems related to inequalities in Chile is the poor income that some Chileans received mm -hmm. and that has prevented them from staying safe in their homes since they don't have the, the proper resources to stay there, they have to just go out to the streets and continue working. Mm -hmm. So they would go out and be more exposed or even more, um, or maybe they even go out when they are, uh, when they are positive cases. Yeah. Mm. And they also risking their, their own markets because if today we don't have like permission to go out mm. so there have been multiple cases of um independent workers that have lost their markets in hands of yes. policy mm -hmm. so you would say that a small small markets or small shops they have been very affected by this and is increasing poverty mm -hmm or security in terms of resources. Uh, thank you, Andrea. What about you, Fran? Can you give another example? 
Uh, yeah, uh, but first I would like to say that I couldn't agree more with what Andrea was saying. I think that uh, the public campaigns that the government has uh, has done uh, are based on people that can actually stay in their homes because they are be asking people that they stay in their homes, doing fun things, doing exercise, cooking new things, but they are not actually thinking about what about these people that actually need to go out to receive their incomes and to have money to buy food and to pay their bills. Uh, another mm. example, I think, um, yeah, a good example I think is related to healthcare. Uh, as you already know, access to health in Chile is very unequal. Uh, people who have money can access to better healthcare. So if they get infected or if they think they could have get infected, uh, they can just go to any private uh, hospital or health, health center and take the proper tests and have the results within 48 hours. and vulnerable people cannot do this so i think that as also andrea was saying income at least related to health is a very important issue here yes i also i couldn't agree more with what you're saying um the health system is also very unequal and i i would like to go back to francisca's points about let's say the, the the publicity or the advertisement or basically the idea that the government has <clears throat> um francisca mentioned that um the government thinks that people actually can stay home and they can have fun to exercise uh, i don't know take online courses so on and so forth and the reality is absolutely different andrea was saying that actually people cannot stay indoors uh, they have to go out and work because they, they, their access, uh, they live on a, let's say, on a daily budget. What they make in a day, they spend it that day. So it becomes very, <clears throat> very hard. Why do you think is that? Why do you think uh, the government um, seems that they don't, it seems that they don't see that uh, it's hard for people to, to stay in and look after themselves. Well, I Why see do that. Why do think they have this impression? Andrea, yes, sorry. I see they, that they are not connected with the reality of their country. I mean, it's a shame that last week, uh, Manalich, Ministry of Health, mm -hmm. claimed that he wasn't aware of the levels of poverty that we have here in Chile and the inequality that exists. I mean, he wasn't aware of that before all of this. Yes. So yes. That, that says um, that how, did, how did you feel with that? How did you feel with that news? Or if you saw it on TV? <clears throat> oh, I don't know. I have a list of negative synonyms for <laughs> describing <laughs> all that people. And it's not mm. impressive at all. 
you're not you were not really surprised no. that he 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 was he was very honest in saying that he wasn't aware about uh, the poverty hmm? what about mm. you francisca um, why do you think the government has this idea i mean andrea says that we are uh, like we are not uh, where the government is ignoring what's happening maybe they don't want to see is it they don't want to see they live in a different reality they have never wanted to see um, yeah. yeah actually it seems to me that this this fact that the government is not uh, aware uh, of the of the population situation is also related to inequality because uh, all all the people that work in the government are people who belong to this high socioeconomic strata. So they are not mm -hmm. uh, they be they live like in a bubble. So they just relate with people that is similar to them. So they don't know the reality of the rest of the Chilean population. So. Another example of this is, I can't remember who said this, but when someone interviewed a lot of uh, politics, I would say, uh, asked about the, how much was the, um, the thing for the, for the bus for Transantiago, the, the tickets. Uh, and they were like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, yeah. like, and they were saying like, uh, I don't know, 300 pesos, <laughs> something yeah. like that. Mm -hmm. And with those examples, you can see how, uh, how separated uh, the, um, yeah, how separated is the population here in Santiago specifically, because people who have money are in this specific part of the city and people who doesn't who don't have money uh, are in other part of the in the city so they don't relate so people in the higher socioeconomic strata are not uh, are not familiarized with their situation so i think that is just ignorance and i think that is because also they don't want to know because they know that it's not uh, something positive. Mm. Yes. So it's like they, there is an expression in English <clears throat> that is called that it says ignorance is bliss. Do you know that expression? Ignorance yes. is bliss. Like ignorance is like something, um, something good, because it keeps you from knowing the truth. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, yes, I think it's very sad uh, because you're also talking, we're talking about, this is something I read yesterday uh, in a column in Diario La Tercera, um, the social distancing, that is something, that, a concept that we are, um, that we need to keep social distance. Um, but also we see that this distance has always existed in terms of, uh, or in terms of um, income groups. And we can see now that this inequality is not only about um, uh, like people having more money than others, but also has to do with a barrier that keeps people from looking at the other side of the, 
of the of the reality um, and sort of keeping a status quo that is going to continue being unequal. Another element that, uh, I mean, another example that I would like to add is the fact of overcrowding. Uh, um, the, the people who have less income, um, lower class uh, groups, they, they not only have low income, <clears throat> but they also live in uh, circumstances where many people live in the same, in the same place. Um, the space is reduced and there's a, a larger number of people per square meter in, in their houses, um, which is also something that it doesn't happen in higher, in higher classes. If you had to do quarantine, you can actually isolate in a room, um, but it's very difficult that that happens in where people live more, um, where you have more dense populations inside a house. And I think that is also, I mean, it's a sign of inequality and, and a sign of how it affects well-being. Actually, remember that housing and sustainable cities are also part of the sustainable development goals. Um, but it's also a reflection of inequality. Nobody chooses to live in an overcrowded way. Um, so I would like to, I wanted to add that example. Um, I'm going to continue with another question. Thank you, um, Andrea, Fran. Um, I'm going to give you a sentence and I'm going to ask each of you to answer it. Um, well, I, maybe I, I spoiled it a little bit. Yeah, you <laughs> what I said. Um, but still, you can use your own words to complete the following sentence. And of course, giving an example. So this also is going to help us as a conclusion uh, to what we've been talking about. Um, social distancing in Chile is not only physical, but also, what would you say, Andrea? In terms of empathy? Mm -hmm. Or being so, aware of uh, other people's situations? Oh, good. Yeah, so I'm going to add that. How can we put that in a sentence? So, uh, social distancing in Chile is not only physical, but also um, we are not empath. We are we we are distance as we are not empathetic. Something like that. Maybe. Yeah, we can think like that. Okay. Uh, where have you seen the lack of empathy? Just to justify your your idea. I mean, as. Humans, I think that we are very individualist. Uh, but also, like going back to what you just said about people living in houses with more people, this was also a news some weeks ago because people from the government and authorities were giving advices on how to keep social distancing in houses, mm. but they didn't know that most of houses in Chile have like two or three small rooms, a small living room, a bathroom. Floor. Yeah. Mm. Yes. And so you say this lack of empathy has to do with not really knowing what's going on. 
on how real families live. Yeah, because if okay. government doesn't know, we cannot expect okay. nothing more from them. Or they, yes, or they pretend that they don't know. We don't know if they don't know. <laughs> They're just pretending, I don't know. Um, Franz, your turn. Complete the following sentence. Social distancing in Chile is not only physical, but also... Yeah, uh, before I go on, I would like to say that I think that more than just not knowing what uh, what people is living in Chile is that the government doesn't care. I think that that's the, the yeah. major problem. That is not just, oh, I didn't know, it's I didn't care. I'm not interested at all. Yeah. Yeah, because it's not something that is happening just now. Mm. It's something that it's been happening since forever. So I think that's the major problem that they are not interested in both knowing our, and solving the situation. Mm. Uh, now, <laughs> to complete this sentence, oh, yeah. uh, I don't know how to put this uh, as a as an actual sentence to, to complete it, but I would say that it's, the distance is also in terms of socioeconomic issues, <laughs> because as mm -hmm. we already said, it's <clears throat> about like, um, there are almost two different cities in Santiago. You can see how people live, uh, the difference in how people live in this part and, this, and in this other part of the, of the city. So I think that it's not just physical, like, okay, we should have this two meters or one meter uh, uh, among us. I think it's related to everything, like how we live like everything, as we already said, uh, related to health, related to education, as we have mm. seen in other Englishes before. So I think that's like, mm. in every sense, we are, we are distant from each other, at least here, specifically in Santiago. Yes. I mean, yes, yeah, so maybe we can complete the sentence like social distancing in Chile is not only physical, but also socioeconomic. Yeah, I, actually, I had my my doc and I have it like that, but I, did, I wasn't sure if it was okay. I think it's okay. What do you think, Andrea? And uh, of course, with your explanation, it makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, yes, I was reading yesterday about the concentration of population in, in these two cities, as you mentioned, uh, Fran, and also the density of population. And, uh, and a fact that called my attention was that um, when there is quarantine in the, in the upper class, the, the effectiveness is like from 40 to 60 percent. And um, in neighborhoods or in areas that um, that are that are poor areas, um, the the level of achievement of quarantine is like fifteen to twenty percent. So mm -hmm. that is an, a, a very clear piece of evidence that actually people it's very difficult for them to 
to stay in. And sometimes staying in doesn't really help if they live in an overcrowded place. Yeah. What, um, okay, sorry, now we're sorry. going to move. Ah, sorry. Yes, yes, yes. Do you mind if I add something? Uh, I was yes, thinking now also, we're going to move on to the questions. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking also about like uh, that everything is about Santiago and we are not worried about what's happening in other cities. For example, I don't know if you saw it, but in Chaitem there was, uh, I don't know how to say this in English, but um, like alluvion. I don't know even uh -huh. how to explain it, <laughs> but a land, you know what landslide. Landslide? Okay, there was a landslide. landslide. And uh, there were people who lost their houses and like, I don't know, it, I, I didn't know if it was even in the news or maybe it was, but like for a minute and no one cares. And I think that is also related with this distance because we are just worried about what's happening in Santiago or maybe Valparaíso, but we are not worried about the rest of the country. Um, yes, I was informed. I mean, did you know about that, Andrea? I remember there was um well there was a landslide and a, and a road disappeared and there were people missing. Was that in Chaitén? Yeah. yeah, there was yeah. Uh, one man missing. Um, well, I also think it has to do with inequality. Mm? Yeah, uh, definitely. Uh, everything is in Santiago. Um, so I, I, I did know about this and it also calls my attention, uh, but it seems also that, well, in terms of the coronavirus, the smaller cities have been actually, have been very successful in controlling it quickly. And they have actually been a good example of sorting it. Um, of course, again, inequality, and you mentioned healthcare. Uh, healthcare um, in outside Santiago, um, I mean, there's like Awful. a divide. Yes, yes, it's very limited. I mean, if you live in, uh, outside Santiago and you need some special treatment for anything, you need to come to the city, which is very yeah. unfair. It doesn't yeah. really help with decentralization. Yeah, for example, there in Chaiten, uh, specialists, like for example, if you have cancer, specialists go like once or twice a year. So <laughs> if you're sick, you have to wait or you have to take like a plane and go to Puerto Montt. So I think it's, mm. it's an awful example and... Maybe an extreme example. I just know about that because my mom lives there. But at there, you can see how unequal are we are in every sense. Mm. Yes. So we have covered healthcare. We have covered uh, like uh, decentralization and centralization of a country. We have covered overcrowding. Um, we have covered poverty. Inequalities it affects so many aspects, and it like it's like a snowball. They, all yeah. these facts mm -hmm. are interrelated, and they they sort of make the the snowball bigger. Um, thank you, Fran. Uh, let's move on to some of some questions that you may have that we can answer. 
Uh, Andrea, what about you? Actually, I have another question, but I'm going to leave that for mm -hmm. the, the end. Uh, Andrea. So, girls, what do you think uh, some solutions? Solution. What are some of the solutions we could have in order to reduce inequalities? Um, Fran, would you like to start? <laughs> okay, I can start. I think <laughs> that <laughs> um, thinking about what we saw, I think last year about like citizenship, I think that informing people and informing ourselves about uh, the candidates for political, uh, oh, I can't remember the name, but for example, for the president, um, for all those political things, uh, I think we can make a change because if we vote for people who is advocating for uh, sustainable issues or sustainable development in different areas, we can start doing a change. I think Miss Gabby lost her connection. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> People her. they say you are the host now. <laughs> yeah. sirvieron las tarjetitas? Sí, bueno, la estoy anotando. <laughs> sí, es que tenía guardadas las del año pasado, entonces aproveché sí, está... todas juntas. Pensando. Ya, yo creo que esperemos como cinco minutos a ver si se puede volver a conectar. ¿Y si no nos vamos? Sí, yo creo que no vamos a decir como... Dejamos okay. la lista. Adiós. Hoy sigue grabando. Por si acaso. <risa> Para tenerlo en mente. Entonces el celular porque voy a necesitar conexión con el celular. ¿Qué pasó? Ay, eso. Vaya a ducharse. <risa> eh, well, I'm, I'm, <risa> soon kicked me out. Now I'm back. Um, ah, and it's recording, it's still recording. How does that yeah. <risa> So it was recording anyways. Well, that's good to know. So, Fran, sorry, I missed it. Can you... Recap a little bit, you were talking about uh, solutions and um, that's where I left. Um, let me, <laughs> give me a second. Um, Sorry. Yeah, I was talking about uh, like voting. I think Being that voting can be a, an important uh, element that we as citizens have to improve the, the situation of inequality in the country because if you vote for people who are advocating for social problems, um, for inequality, sustainable development, you are kind of helping to the situation. Mm. 
Yes, I agree. It has a lot to do with um, with uh, citizen participation. As a conversation we had in English um, six last year that people don't think they have a voice, yeah. and now we we have to change that. Um, and we know what happens, how people make their voice heard. We've known that since October, um, but it seems that it. People still don't listen. <laughs> um, so yes, I think active citizenship is very important. Uh, I would like to add. <clears throat> well, I um, I agree with this. To add as a possible solution. Pro. Um, I mean, I don't know how to say this, but in terms of economy. I think economy has always, it's always supporting um, people with power, but not people, the workers. And I think we have to change that mindset. It's like the people that are important and th are those who are in power or that have a lot of money and that give a lot of employment. But actually, I think our, the workers are the ones who make those companies good and great. And I think there is a, uh, a mindset that uh, is 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 faulty. Um, I think the focus uh, also in the media, again, the politicians that we we choose, as Fran is suggesting, uh, we should look for people who who support the people and not with this idea of like the, the who owns the country. Who has more I, I think that that mindset is actually changing now, especially since October last year. So I think that people is actually realizing the power that we can have, like uh, how, for example, when students are starting uh, asking <laughs> to say it in a way, people to not pay the subway and they did it and so you you can see with those examples how people start like empowering themselves and realizing that we people <laughs> have the power to change things mm -hmm. mm. yes but also Fran uh, I mean probably that's something that uh, last week was very shocking for me that when the 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 minister mentioned that he wasn't really aware of the level of poverty and the level of overcrowding. I felt like we've been saying this since October, but nothing has happened. So it's like, we told you the, <laughs> you were not listening. So, um, Yes, that was very, very shocking for me because I've been in, in my house for over 70 days and now the government realized this, which has been said to them for more than 200 days. So, I don't know, very frustrating. But I think the solution, well, I think citizenship, I mean, uh, I'm going to, join forces with Francisca, and I'm going to agree that becoming active citizens is the key. 
and actually that also means not only who we vote for, but also um, how we participate as citizens on a daily, yeah. on a daily basis. Yeah, definitely. Um, Fran, do you have a question for us? <clears throat> <laughs> to be honest, no, but I, I have a quote here that maybe you can give me your opinion about it. Okay. Uh, it's about the, um, the document of sustainable development goals that says, mm -hmm. um, yeah, maybe you can use it to finish up this. It says, most importantly, we cannot achieve sustainable development and make the planet better for all if people are excluded from opportunities, services, and the change for a better life. Hmm. Why did you choose that quote, Fran? Uh, I don't know. I think it's like a summary of everything that we have discussed. I think, uh, yeah, I think it's, is what everything that we have discussed is about. Mm. Yes, totally agree. It's a, this um, snowball effect that I, I was mentioning. Um, um, it's, but it's so overwhelming because it seems that we have realized, I mean, if we, if we see the same documents that you are mentioning, uh, and we go further on that website of sustainable development goals, the level of inequality worldwide um, is um, terrifying. And it's different in, in different senses depending on the country. Here in Chile, it seems that it's very social. And well, you're saying that this mindset is changing, but I think the, the, the economic system doesn't, doesn't attend towards equality it attends towards inequality um, so that is a huge change and huge challenge i would say what about you andrea no i couldn't agree more with what you just said i feel like the government that we have isn't a government for the people like we're living in an oligarchy right now so they are not interested at all in society. They are just interested in their own benefit, in becoming wealthier, in expanding mm. their markets. So I'm a little bit pessimistic, but at the same time optimistic, because I feel like if we stay together, maybe we can make some changes to educate ourselves to inform others. Well, and we, we as teachers, we also have a responsibility individualistic at some point. And I think with teachers in our communities, in our classrooms, we can, we can do something to contribute to less individualistic, uh, a less individualistic society. Yeah. Thank you, Andrea. I'm going to close now. Um, Let's end this conversation with something positive. Can you share something positive that you have seen um, in the last week that you would like to share? 
in relation to fighting inequality? Maybe it's a hard question to answer. Mm. I don't know. I think that uh, since October last year, uh, I've been trying to think like uh, in a optimistic way. So I think that um, more than last week or these recent weeks, I think that what keeps me positive is this feeling of hope that things can actually change. Because I think that, uh, I don't know, uh, some years ago, even though I always uh, tried to participate in every sense of every political and citizen issue, uh, I think that I never saw the possibility mm -hmm. of change as clear and as possible as I see it now. So I think that's what keeps me positive <laughs> today. Mm. Yeah, so there's there's hope in all this uh, chaos. Something good can work out of this. What about you, Andrea? Well, I don't know if this is something positive because it came from the murder of a man. But I like how mm -hmm. people now in the United States is... Um, demanding for their rights to, to mm. express and to finish inequalities mm. and it's something that is happening in in all countries across the world yes i think people are, are having their voice heard what happened in october here is similar to what's happening in the us today yeah um yeah, definitely and I think it also has to do, and I also think it's, of course, we don't, we're not fans of destruction, but we are fans of equality and uh, seeing people fight for inequalities that have been there, oh, that have always been there. The same with what is happening now here. I mean, when we say, oh, eh, I didn't know that people were so poor and they, they, they had to go to work every day to bring some food home. Um, and people, it's like, okay, finally people are realizing uh, after we have shouted, after we have uh, complained, after we have protested. So I also think that something positive can come out here, not only from politicians, the political class, um, should be more connected with people's realities, but also in terms of humanity. I, I hope that all this crisis is going to make us better, more fair, fairer and more equal and more empathetic, more human, um, more human, human beings. <laughs> That's what I would yeah. say. So let's hope, but sometimes I also feel about the same thing. I feel very pessimistic, but being a Monday, I hope this is going to be a, an optimistic week. Um, okay, thank you for participating in this podcast. Um, next week, um, well, we're going to see when we're going to be able to record this, but um, we're going to keep track of our work um, through 
this type of activity.